this is like a better start of the podcast. Like, because we're not going to be <laughs> one talking about Star Wars, which came out three weeks ago. Yeah, and we were very uh, we we did not give a proper spoiler. Yeah, and then we it. just made fun of nerds. <laughs> okay, we don't don't lump me in there. I think you, you like were justifying how I was thinking. I'm. I was just helping, or I'd like to think I was helping uh, establish what it was you were trying to say. Yeah, and not saying the, it's my opinion, but yeah, yeah. A- and we also uh, talked about our audio issues, so. Right. Those are good things to like not have on the record. <laughs> sure. Sure. Anyways, let's talk a little more about Star Wars. Uh, it, well, first, should we introduce ourselves? Yeah. Hi. Welcome to Twin Peaks, peeps. <laughs> so the show where we talk about the show Twin Peaks. Yeah. I'm Michael. Kyle. All right. Um, anyways, we're talking about... We're, Star Wars. Yeah. Star Wars. I loved it. It was amazing. I... I J.J. Abrams hasn't done a thing that I haven't really liked. Um, like, are you saying really liked, as in liked very much, or I, I like very really much. isn't I, actually liked? I, I like a lot of his stuff. Um, I love Super 8. Mission Impossible 3 is awesome. Sure. The pilot for Lost I liked a lot. Yeah. Um, what else did he do? Uh, Mr. Robot. Uh, Family Feud. He did Mr. Robot? Um, uh, Harry Potter. Oh. He's done a lot of. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I could I, uh, I could have done ones that actually fit with it, but no, I do like. Um, did you have you ever seen Fringe? Did did he like do the pilot for that? No, he he was basically part of the show. He was a producer. Really? Huh. Yeah. I want to. I I do want to watch that. Although it, I it's checked. On, solid. It's actually. Fine. Do you know? Do you know what I did the other day? I was on Netflix and I stopped by Fringe and I saw how many episodes there were and it made me not want to watch the show. <laughs> Cuz it's yeah. been on for like 6 seasons. Yeah. There's there's it, it's a little foreboding. Um especially since a lot of it is very monster of the week. Yeah. Uh, I looked but, at uh who's the guy from Mighty Ducks? Oh, I don't know. You mean the guy? No, the 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 kid from Mighty the Charlie Bucket, whatever the kid's name is, um, his name is Charlie something. Uh, he is like the guy on. Uh, oh, he's the guy who's, in, who's in Dawson's Creek. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, James Vanderbeek. Is that it? No, that's not him. That's not him. Uh, what's his name? I like. Does he play Peter? You guys, I guess you wouldn't know him by. I, don't, I, ha- I, I haven't watched any Fringe, so he's the younger guy. He's like a young guy. Yeah, okay. I know who you're talking about. Like his character's name is Peter. On the yeah, show. oh but Charlie no, it's, it's, Charlie Conway is the um, ooh Joshua Jackson. That's it. Yeah, he was on Dawson's Creek. I nailed really? it. Really, and he plays Peter Bishop on on Fringe. There you go. I like it's, him. He's like a likable guy. Yeah. Um. um oh. Also, Felicity for JJ. Felicity. And... Solid. Alias. Though I never saw Alias. Um, so I tried to... I know you have watched all Felicity, which is very funny. I have not watched Felicity at all. I thought you watched all Felicity. No. I watched I can, Gilmore Girls. I recall our uh, producer, Dana, telling me that you were watching it all. Mm, nope. Never yeah, happened. Okay. 
But like we, kn- both of us combined probably know a decent amount about Felicity, like way too much than we should. Uh, you might know more about Felicity than I. I, I guess do. I know a, a decent amount, uh, uh, amount about Felicity. I remember our one conversation about Felicity is I think you mentioned that Carrie Russell was like the most beautiful person you've ever seen or something. Yeah, like that. I'm a big Carrie Russell fan. And apparently in season two of Felicity, she got a haircut into like this really short haircut and everyone hated it. Yeah. And like it like it made the show worse. <laughs> like it it actually was like, I bet if I go to the Wikipedia page, there's a section about her haircut. <laughs> Let's look it up. That's ridiculous. Um, but while you're looking that up, uh, just another another vote of uh, praise for uh, Fringe. Mm-hmm. It's it's basically like the X Files, except a slightly campier, or definitely campier, for sure campier. Um, but uh, it never has a chance to really like suck, you know. Because mm-hmm. X Files after season four it starts to tank, whereas this one it gets. There are a couple of iffy episodes throughout the series, but um, for the most part, it, it's pretty consistent. Yeah. Wait, with what show again? Fringe. Fringe. Yeah, I'll check it out. I like yeah. Joshua Jackson. Yeah, it, on... it's it's fun and uh, Monster of the Week ish. So if you're into I like that, that, I uh, I on a Felicity Wikipedia page the paragraph. Time slot and hairstyle changes. Um, oh, my God. In the summer of 1999, after filming the first season, Felicity star Russell, known for what New York Times described as that glorious head of voluminous uh, golden backlit hair, sent the show's production shows the sh- uh, sent the sh- show's producers a photo wearing a short haired wig. They panicked be- before learning it was a joke, but then suggested to the actress that a new hairstyle would be appropriate. Um, Wait, they called her hair backlit? That's what the New York Times described it as. <laughs> that's not even an element of the hair. That's a directorial decision. I like that Wikipedia managed to say that she had like awesome hair and quoted had a source for it. From the New York Times. <laughs> that's a, You know what? I think it's a good source. Yeah. Um, anyways. It's no um, info wars, but hey, you know. Anyways, people... Uh, <laughs> Uh, people hated the hairstyle, and it was uh, it's been referenced in a lot of places, such as Gilmore Girls and Thirty Rock, according to this Wikipedia page. Sure. Despite the controversy, Felicity survived for two more seasons. Oh my god! It limped along without Des- her haircut. Despite. Um, what was I going to say? Um, speaking of J.J. Abrams, oh, I tried to watch uh, uh, Alias once. Yeah. Uh, I think it was like in college. I was like, I'm gonna watch Alias, and then I watched like three episodes, and I was like, I can't watch Alias. No, nope. it's, it's it's like I like all the actors are super good in it, but it's just uh, the the time is very clear that it was like early 2000s trying to be a spy show. <laughs> like if yeah. if J.J. Abrams had the budget of today, like oh man, I'd totally watch it. Like I'd watch Chuck. I'm sure someone could convince me to watch Chuck. Chuck is uh, so I've I've seen actually quite a few. Oh man, episodes. I'm about to go off on nerds. You better change the subject. But go on. <laughs> no, there is okay. So Chuck <laughs> is not perfect. Obviously, I watched like the first season. I liked it. Yeah, it's it has its problematic stuff. I wasn't joking when I said that I like when I was saying I would watch Chuck. I would watch Chuck. Right. 
the problem the problem with Chuck is like after you get through season two, it starts to become painfully obvious that they're going through motions. They're uh, like all of their basically all of their romances are set up in the first season, and yeah. you're kind of just watching them slowly kind of come together, leave, come back together, whatever. Yeah. Uh, they never really handle female characters well. Um, and it kind of just gets into a formula. And it's fine. It's whatever. But Did you watch all of it? No. I, I stopped after, like, season two. Yeah. Um, oh, another thing that I started watching and didn't finish. Um, but I'm actually really going to finish it. Um, not even a show. Training Day? <laughs> I know I'm a little late on this. The Denzel Washington Ethan Hawke joint. Yeah, I was watching it today uh, before we started recording. It's so good. It's really, really good. Have you ever seen yeah. it? Yeah. Why hasn't anyone told me to see Training Day? It's a fantastic because movie. Because it's an assumption that you've already seen Training Day. When do I? It's it was released in like '99 or like 2000. I was way too young to see Training Day when it came out. Since then, I probably I, saw it when I was like 12. Who, who, that's not a movie for a 12 year old kid. No, it's not, but I did it because <laughs> I was really badass. Did everyone see it way too early? Like, I would, I don't know if I was my parents, I would never let me get near Trading Day. Yeah, like he does PCP, like it opens with him doing PCP. Not opens, I but like, honestly don't remember why I watched it, but I was there. It's so good. Denzel Washington is such a good actor. Yeah, I'm uh. Have yeah. you have you listened to the Denzel Washington is the greatest actor of all time period podcast? Um, I am subscribed to it, but I haven't seen that many Denzel Washington movies. Oh. So um, I I was actually thinking while I was watching, it's like, oh, I'll listen to the podcast episode about this. What are what are other Denzel Washington movies? Let's let's you know what let's first name ones Denzel Washington movies that I've started but haven't finished. Book of Eli. Uh, I've seen that one. All Flight. I. Made it like halfway through flight. I couldn't finish it. Sure. It's, uh, it's it's like, I don't, it's so depressing. How could someone finish? Like, I really liked it, but it was so depressing to watch. Yeah. In like a very making a murderer type way. Oh, <laughs> fuck. We can talk about making a murderer. Sure. Um, wait, but let's keep talking about Denzel Washington. <laughs> I love Inside Man. It's awesome. I'm really excited to finish it. Did you see all of flight? Yes. How did you how did you not turn it off and just like go outside and take a walk? I like I also really liked Foxcatcher. So I'm down for depressing movies. Yeah. I don't know. Man, it's just so depressing. Yeah. Have you seen Foxcatcher? I was thinking the other day that I want to. It's, Is it more of a thriller than a than a depressing movie? Uh <laughs> it's it's a little bit of both, but it's definitely it for the most part, it's kind of a thriller in how okay. it's presented. Like Training Day is depressing and a thriller, but the thrilling keeps me watching it. Right. It's um, not. It's not going to be Training Day in that you're it. The stakes on paper feel low, but in practice, it's very riveting. Yeah, and I like I like uh, Channing Tatum a lot. Steve Carell is amazing <laughs> in it. Yeah. Um, like you, it's very easy to forget that he's an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited yeah. to see it. I should uh, hopefully I can see it soon. Yeah. Anyways, making a murder. Let's get to it. Sure. Um, how far have you watched? Finished it. Really? Yep. 
I I stopped after three episodes. I'm really hoping to finish it, but it's so tough to watch. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> is it worth finishing? Yes. Have you have you seen like the AV Club articles and stuff about um, the documentary uh, not being complete, essentially? Yeah, that they really only put certain sides of arguments in. Right. You mean? Yeah. I've read some articles about that, and that makes sense to me, so... The, so there is, I don't want to spoil too much because I do recommend finishing it out. I don't understand how someone, how something can get spoiled when it's like a real life thing. I know, but you, you don't want me to tell you what happens, right? I mean, I know he's in jail. Right. No, I, but like, it's not a question of whether or not he's in jail. It's the question of how he got put there, essentially. Yeah. I mean, I, I can tell you. No, nah, no, I'll watch it. But um, but what I was going to say is that, so yes, that that is a problem. As far as the documentary went, what they should have done was present all of this. Because they do, they kind of don't shy away, especially in the earlier episodes, of bringing up negative aspects of Stephen Avery. Yeah, like the cat thing. Yeah, like they're upfront about like, yeah, he's not the best person in the world. And like the very threatening notes that he wrote his wife at the time. Right. So the fact that he, the fact that that got like edited out or just not included is a little strange to me. Wait, um, other things were not included? Huh? But I'm saying those things were included. The cat thing. No, and those the, things, yes. Uh, I'm talking about the, the evidence in the trial that wasn't included in the documentary. Oh, I'm not familiar with specific evidence presented in the trial. Right. I'm, I won't get into specifics, but that's what the articles are stating is that people are saying that the uh, the documentary doesn't present certain bits of evidence that were brought up in the trial. In both trials? Uh, in the first trial, no. Because in the first trial, it's, you know, that was resolved back in 2003. Um, but in the second trial, when he's convicted of murder, um, that, that trial. That, but see, the bulk of my frustration is on the first trial. I know, I know I'm probably going to hear more about the second one and be, be more frustrated. Where he but gets that, put away for uh, sexual assault? Yeah, that yeah. the sheriff needs to be, like, especially when they got that other police department called them to uh, say that someone else was saying that they committed the crime and someone was in jail for it. Yeah. The fact that that didn't get worked out, that <laughs> sheriff, like, like he should deserves be in jail to be well. punished. Yeah. He deserves to be like stripped of all his titles at least and served jail time. Right. The fact that the first, even if Stephen Avery like was on video of killing and assaulting a million people after that, that first trial definitely wasn't him. And it was yeah. like a huge misuse of justice that needs to get uh result. Like I don't yeah. understand how, that case got dropped for sure. And so what I was going to say, right, is in the second trial, what people are complaining about is that there are elements of the case that were not included in the documentary. So the documentary has a bias. Yes. Um, which is kind of to be expected of this kind of documentary in the first place. But that seems like a pretty egregious thing to leave out on behalf mm -hmm. of the documentary. Absolutely. But, what I'll say, especially for people who are still thinking about continuing to watch as you are, 
uh, there are definitely similar things in the second trial of just police malpractice. There's a lot of like, not to spoil much, but there is like the car interview. keys. You mean what? Like the car keys? You mean? Uh, I won't. I won't get into specifics, but. Sure how they obtain some of their information and how they obtain some of their, um, like testimony, like the police themselves is straight up illegal. It should not have been permissible. Like the evidence should not have been allowed in court, but it was okay. Yeah. There's still a lot that is the matter in like, there's a lot wrong in the second trial as well. Are you talking about like when the kid, testify like when the kid confessed to the police and there was like no lawyer present or anything like that yeah that's part of it and there are there are additional confessions from him like additional uh interviews with him from the police all of which are basically conducted illegally do you think that he's innocent of that second crime i uh i because if he is that's such a tall uh, framing that's like that they've done that's like insane right but i am watching training day so one of one of the most compelling bits of information that they bring up in support like in defense of him mm-hmm. for me is the um is the fact that his garage is just too clean there he, he lack he clearly lacks the faculty to have cleaned up a gunshot wound and any blood that had seeped into concrete. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's... Yeah. I, I haven't gone back. I haven't, like, looked up all of the evidence that was not included in the documentary. There's some damning stuff. Like, he had called Teresa Hallback a few times, like, specifically requesting that she come by and take the photos of the car like he he not called her a few photos times, taken, yeah. but he requested her specifically yeah that wasn't included in the documentary um there's also just i don't know the fact that all these people would conspire to do this like t- terrible frame to him when like it seemed like there weren't any criminal there wasn't any criminal trials for anyone the state would have had to make a payout is it like the worst case scenario, you know? Yeah. Well, it just like, seems like this huge risk that all these people would take. I honestly, I think it's the motivation problem is like the biggest is, is like what it comes down to I, all these people with like families and jobs and stuff like that. Be willing to risk their lives just so the guy can't sue the city. It well, sounds crazy. What I think what the documentary proposes and what, and I'm kind of of a similar opinion as far as this goes, um, I don't think it's so much that people are like, they have it out specifically for Stephen Avery. What happens is that this crime happens. Here's this man who has been exonerated of a past violent crime, but he still is kind of a social pariah. There's evidence to, there's some evidence to link him to this murder, but what the documentary proposes that's nowhere near enough to be conclusive. However, that doesn't prevent the police department and that doesn't prevent the 
his peers, the jury of his peers, from basically assuming that he did it, having a prejudice against him for doing it, and working from there to kind of confirm a suspicion rather than working with the evidence and keeping an open mind for alternate suspects. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not like they have it out for Stephen Avery. They're like, we suspect Stephen Avery, and they be- and they believe that he did it. It's not like, you know what? I don't believe that Stephen Avery did it, but I don't like Stephen Avery, so I'm going to frame him for it. It's more, we think he did it. We might have a tough time getting some of these points to stick. So, if there is planting of evidence, then we'll plant like the bit of blood that's in the car. You know. Hmm. Well, I'll we'll see if I finish it. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Should we talk about Twin Peaks a little bit? Yeah, let's get it over with. So I, in this take, we haven't uh, discussed it yet, but right, it's been a while since we've recorded. Yes, uh, like a month. We should probably. Uh, so first off, admit right from the outset that neither of us have rewatched the episode since then. I don't even know why we're doing this. Uh, because we got, we have to have an episode for every episode and the movie. All right. I am actually really excited to watch the movie because I've, I still haven't seen it yet. Yeah. It, why haven't you seen it yet? It's just not immediately available. Like I know it's so easy to get. I could probably rent it even legally on YouTube for like three dollars, but I just haven't done it. Okay. Because you're like a big fan of Twin Peaks. Well, I've also heard from people that it's not. Its reviews weren't great. Mm-hmm. And there's a part of me that's just like, well, my curiosity might not be great enough to warrant, you know, yeah. you know what I'm saying. All right. Well, let's get into it. I yeah. want to go to Aldi before they close. <laughs> sure. I actually need to go grab some groceries after this, too. But Fantastic. Well, let's uh, let's hit it up. Kyle, could we get a short summary of the episode? I don't know. Uh, What's yep. the episode name? Black so, Widow? <laughs> nope. <laughs> It's season two, episode 16, The Condemned Woman. All right. Yeah. Fire away. Uh, summary. Coop recruits Pete Martell for a deadly game of chess. Pete and Andrew bond over breakfast. Andrew and Josie reconnect. Hank wheels and fails to deal with Truman. Albert guns for Josie. Billy Zane or John Wheeler shows up and Audrey gets a cryptic message. She who must not be named breaks up with Ed. Coop demands Josie's explanation and or confession. Ben formally introduces John Jack Wheeler as well as... Uh, his next business venture, Norma's sister Annie is coming to town. Shelly gets her own cryptic message. Ed proposes to Norma. Leo whittles arrows. Norma asks Hank for a divorce. Pete plans Coop's next move. Truman goes to find Josie. Andrew gives Josie some frank advice. James and Donna have a picnic. Truman hunts for Josie. Andrew warns Thomas Eckert of Josie's treachery. Audrey fails ha- or falls hard for Jack Wheeler. Audrey, Donna, and Shelly compare notes. Coop practices his cast. Josie shoots Eckert before collapsing. Coop sees Bob and the man from another place. Josie becomes a knob on a cabinet drawer all right great she, bec- she turns into a doorknob i love it mm-hmm. speaking um, of that's my weirdest scene yeah um can is there anything we can do other than that for the weirdest scene let's try to remember what happened <laughs> um do you start with coop practicing fly fishing is that where that you consider that scene to start uh mm. I kind of don't. It's in a different room, even though it's in within the same yeah. building. All right. But still, nonetheless, we got Coop practicing fly fishing. Yep. He, there's a book on of, about t- Tibet on, yep. the, on his table. I think we've seen that book before. 
Yeah. I just, it's great. I know, yeah. Uh, um, then, can you remind me exactly how that scene goes? Well, if I remember correctly, he, doesn't he get a call or something or he hears a noise? Yeah. And he's like, whoa, hey, something's happening. Yeah. And so, um, I think he probably hears like sounds of struggle or something like that. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, he gets up and's like, hey, oh my God, what's going on? Josie's uh, in Thomas Eckert's room and mm-hmm. like they hear a gunshot. He's like on top of her or something? Well, they hear a gunshot from outside the room, right? And yes. they're like, oh my God. Well, um, so they break into the door and. Oh, yeah. Thomas Eckert does that thing where you can't tell if he got shot or if he. Or if you if if you got shot or not exactly and then I love that like, I love hey, that website in the 1990s that was that was a great one yeah exactly he's like hey guys what's up I'm dead and collapses yeah. Josie's standing shooting like, very small amount of blood for for getting shot I it's think. probably a small caliper bullet I mean I still a, think I don't know I don't know I've never seen someone get shot true but at least like t- Quentin Tarantino movies there's a million times more blood. Yeah, speaking of Tarantino movies, have you do you rewatch any of those? Yeah, I watch Inglourious Passage pretty often. It's a really good movie. Have you rewatched Django Unchained at all? I tried to, I couldn't finish it. It was too violent for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. It's it's just ridiculous. There's It's way too violent. It's pretty violent. The one thing I do thoroughly enjoy about that movie though, with regards to its violence is uh the <laughs> a lot of times how it's set up is and i think this is intentional the physics just don't make sense yeah i'm okay with that oh no i i love it i <laughs> i think it's very intentional on tarantino's part for it to be kind of kitschy um like there's there's a scene where django shoots uh, leonardo dicaprio's sister Right. And she like flies across the room or something like that. But she she gets shot from like a 45 degree angle, yet her body goes in a different direction. Like it physically doesn't make sense. It's clear that she's being pulled back on a wire that's yeah. angled differently. I don't know. I just re- I rewatched it a couple of days ago. <laughs> that's your complaint? No, I love it. I'm I'm oh. I say I really enjoy it. It's like a fun choice. Yeah, saying. it's definitely a fun choice. And it's like, yeah, let's I know this is hyper violent, but I'm also gonna acknowledge that this is unrealistic. Like we're staging this. I like I like how I was thinking the other day about uh Twin Peaks and I was thinking how uh like maybe David Lynch is just a really lazy director on the floor, <laughs> like when Bob got in that shot and when in the first episode too, when the um uh, what's her face? Uh, Mrs. Palmer is screaming. And it's like red lining the mic. Yeah. I like, like if, if David Lynch was like, that's nah, fine. <laughs> well, I think I'm not sure if this episode, uh, involves Lynch actually. I know, but I'm just saying in, in the opening episode, like Bob comes out of nowhere. I mean, like he, he, that, that was an accident that he's in the show, you know? True. Um, and the red lining the mics, it makes it. It could be that he's like an opportunist who's like, oh, that's a cool idea. Or it could be just that he's super lazy and well, really doesn't want to reshoot stuff. I, I don't think. Uh, I'm, I'm joking. I'm obviously uh, not. But I'm yeah. saying that'd be funny. Sure. <laughs> yeah. If David Lynch, like one of the American auteurs of filmmaking is just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. He fine. can't he can't be bothered to re-record it in red line and like <laughs> not have the mic red line. Yeah, they'll call it Lynchian. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, um Anyways, Josie gets turned into she Josie gets turned into a doorknob. So she, 
Yeah, if we're recounting what that scene is, uh, yeah. they come in, Josie's standing there with a the gun. Truman's like, oh my God, Josie, what have you done? And she kind of has like a little bit of a monologue with Truman. And then Coop pauses and for some reason, time stops. It's basically like the scene in uh, The Roadhouse with Julie the Cruz Roadhouse? and then the giant shows up. Oh. Uh, I thought you were talking about the movie Roadhouse. No, and I was not very excited. Ronda Rousey, no. Um, no, so it's basically like the roadhouse scene with Julie Cruz where everything stops and the giant shows up. But instead, mm-hmm. first it's the man from another place who is dancing on the bed, and then mm-hmm. it's Bob who shows up. And Bob is like laughing maniacally. And he man, says, that, guy, it, that guy that plays Bob is just like such a good, like scary laughter. It's, he's so good at that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I, very terrifying. He did well. Um, and so uh, he says, uh, What happened to Josie? Coop, mm-hmm. and yeah, and then uh, time comes back. Basically, Josie collapses. Truman's like, "Oh my God, Josie! Oh, she's dead!" But then we see people die way too easily in uh, this. Like, it's such an uh, it gets dramatic after she dies. Yes, but her actual death scene, like, uh, what killed her? It seems more like she fainted. Yeah, but it but just it really reminded me of how. Uh, Leland Palmer died where I wasn't sure that, she, you know, they were dead. Yeah, it's. <sighs> so, and this is kind of why, why, why I wanted to, um, to mention this when we first, when we first did this recording for this episode, right? I mentioned that that's kind of how she dies is a little bit explained except it just wasn't, it didn't make it to the show, but they filmed an explanation for her. I can get into it. It might be a little bit spoilery, but Uh, it might satisfy your curiosity. Don't get into it yet. Yeah. Yeah. Remind me about it when we get to like the second or last episode. Uh, cool. Hold yeah. on. Sorry. My, I'm dealing with all the plans. Sorry. Can you vamp for a second? Please vamp. Oh, my God. Uh, so, yeah, we've got Coop, who's in the room, and it's like, oh, my God, what happened to Josie? Josie collapses. Truman's like, oh, my God, Josie's dead. And then we see Josie's face in the cabinet drawer, the wood of the cabinet drawer. Wow, you're... Sorry, thank you for vamping, but that was you were just repeating what we had already said. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. You can you can give some honest. You're like not. You're an exciting person. You can come up with something better than that. Am I? All right. Well, I'm I'm done. I tried to send a text, but all right, great. You went to full full panic mode. <laughs> uh, all right. So the show's called Twin Peaks. Uh, uh <laughs> come on. <laughs> I'm I'm not. I'm saying, I thought you. I you're you're good at this. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Ah, uh, man, it's been like a month. Don't I? Th- I think it's because if you specifically tell someone to vamp, then <laughs> it's like, oh, I have a specific responsibility. But if I had just asked you a question, you probably could have just talked about it for a few minutes. Yeah, for sure. But it also, it's uh, yeah. I think the I think I the felt command, more ob- I felt more I, obligated to finish out the description of the scene. Yeah, I I shouldn't have told you to vamp. I should. <laughs> we should have a code word that means that. <laughs> But it doesn't like impart the like effort of you yeah. know what I mean? Cardamom. Anyways, that was you know what she got turned into a, a thing? It was a weird scene. Yes. 
And uh, there's not, there aren't really many other weird scenes in this episode. So I, yeah. I kind of don't think there are many other contenders, except for maybe Leo whittling arrows and uh, Wyndham Earl being strange. But mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, for weirdest character, uh, who would you go with? Uh, well, um, I'm assuming that was also your weirdest scene. Yes. Yes, absolutely. All right, great. Um, uh, so, well, for weirdest character, I just gave it to Bob because, like I said, in the weirdest scene, there's not uh, the the townsfolk aren't really that strange. This episode. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna give it to Ben just on <laughs> with the celery eating. Oh, it's so fun. <laughs> Jerry's Jerry's eating hors d'oeuvres. He's eating celery. Mm-hmm. Um, his, his plans to save the pine weasel. That's 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 great. I like that story so much. He's <laughs> considering a run for the Senate. Yep. He's um, a changed man after winning the uh, Civil War for the South. He's definitely like, I don't know if the show is trying to say that he's crazy at this point or not. It, it is kind of vague. It, I, I think they kind of present it without uh i think i think they're saying he's not crazy anymore uh, yeah i i can see it kind of going either way he's certainly not of a similar caliber of crazy as before and it might just be that i'm interpreting his radical change as them saying that he's crazy but Mm -hmm. he's recovered clearly from the civil war stuff Yeah. yeah regardless though i love the fact that i can't tell if this guy is crazy i'm i'm a fan yeah, because he's so different from who he was before. Mm-hmm. All right. Bad but not David Lynch. Sorry, I'm I'm rushing through it now. <laughs> no, that's fine. When do you have to go to all these? I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> bring a quarter. I just, I don't remember the show super well. I will bring a quarter. Um, I don't remember this episode super well, so I'm really relying on you. Great. Bad but not David Lynch. What are we going to go with? The picnic. The picnic. I'm surprised they didn't take any pictures. It would have been great. <sighs> yep. I'm um, <laughs> not gonna lie, I'm pretty positive you made that exact same joke <laughs> when we recorded this the first time. Yeah, it's, it's like a, a solid, solid. It's it's a very similar scene to the other picnic that they had. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, it's very uh, overly emotional. Not even yeah. overly emotional. It's just an emotional scene. But as I mentioned the first time we recorded this. My big thing is that the the scene really feels false in a lot of ways. I don't yeah. know if you have strong opinions about the scene. I mean, I'm excited about the fact that I might not see James for a while. That that's a great. Yeah, I know you're heartbroken. Um, I'm not a big fan of him. So, um, so yeah, I'm glad. To, I but yeah, they're. They have to bring up that he was with some other girl, and it's just, I don't know. It's just not good. Yeah. I don't want to see people, I don't want to see teenagers holding hands and talking about their relationships. That's almost so boring. Because they're they're so young, you know? Yeah. But, like, Romeo and Juliet exists. If I want the <laughs> star-crossed lovers, I'll do that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, yeah, but also, like... It's just not well written, you know. <laughs> I I didn't I couldn't cite it line by line, but I, I would not be surprised if they gave these kids really weird stuff for teenagers to be saying. So I can believe that. Luckily for you, I've written down my favorite trend or my favorite uh, interaction between them. Please. So it's just a four line thing, but James starts off. 
if we could just start over again, you know, this is after he he's talking with Donna about, you know, totally just going to bone zone with an older lady and cheating mm-hmm. on her. And Donna's like, please come with or please come home with me back to Twin Peaks or Twin Peaks. <laughs> Back to Twin Peeps. Uh, James, I can't, not right now. And this is in direct opposition to what he literally just said a line ago when he said, hey, if we could just start over again. Oh, but I can't. And then Donna says, you're right. You should go. Also in direct opposition to what she literally just said. Before. Yeah, but there were probably like pauses in them looking into each other's eyes no. in between those. No, very, very <laughs> little. It's a pretty brisk scene. <laughs> Yeah, they just they just double back on everything that they say. Maybe that's intentional as teenagers. Oh, my God. I I was a teenager. Uh, If it's that might be surprising, but no one changes their mind that quickly. Like no one's that cool about things. Yeah, maybe teens can be dumb, though. (sighs) Yeah. I don't know. I I wish uh, I don't I don't know. Yeah. Worst police work. Mm-hmm. Uh, worst police work. Uh, I mean, I guess maybe stuff involving Josie, maybe. Mine, um, yeah, mine is that Cooper warns Josie that he's going to arrest her unless she confesses. Yeah. Seems like I mean, a pretty bad move. It could be, you know, him... I don't know. There's for getting a confession out. You can be, you know, maybe he's trying to be manipulative, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. But yeah, yeah I'm so glad Josie's the doorknob. It just kind of um, seems like, I don't know, it, the fact that he put a time limit on it of like, mm-hmm. or 24 hours, I'm going to come get you. It's like, all right, you've got 24 hours to leave the country. Mm-hmm. You know? Totally. I don't know. Um, best music cue? I don't know. What do you got? <laughs> I, I, should I just answer all of these questions? Yeah. And then right. I'll just talk about the scenes. And then I'll run through all my notes and we'll discuss which scenes we cared about. Great. Uh, best music cue, I put the strings in the picnic scene. That was like the one thing that kind of helped sell it, but it still wasn't enough. But I did like wasn't the music. There, was there some new music going on with uh, during uh, ben, ben Horn's speak, uh, speech? Maybe? Oh, yeah. Honestly, Probably don't remember. Not. Okay. Anyways, but that's yeah, that's my uh, that's my favorite. Yeah, music we don't too. always have good music in an episode. Yeah. Uh, favorite character? Is it Coop? Uh, probably not. It wasn't for me. I think I would give it to Ben. Yep. <laughs> Who would uh, you say? Huh? Who would you say, James? Because he's leaving. <laughs> uh, no, actually, I gave Billy it to Zane. Audrey. Oh, Audrey. because of her Billy Zane uh, scenes, her yes. scenes with Billy Zane. Yes, I, I yeah. like her in those scenes. I think it's a fun uh, change for the character for her to actually have like a romantic interest that's plausible and something that she can act on mm-hmm. and something I that also, she can't really contend with. Like she's so uh, strong willed and capable in like every aspect of her life. But Mm-hmm. Not, it, I don't know. I can see, I can read it being a little bit problematic that, like, now that a man has showed up in her life, she's like letting down all her defenses. But, oh, that's totally such a trope of like where he's like in there and they aren't getting along, but soon enough they'll start getting along. And, but it's clear blah, blah, blah. from the outset that it's like, it's not that they're not getting along. It's kind of like Audrey for once in her life having, or 
Yeah, it seems like Audrey, for like the first time in her life, there's actually someone who she has genuine romantic affection for. Mm-hmm. Um, and she kind of doesn't understand how to handle it herself. Yeah, especially because like he seems like he's out of his league, you know, or he's out of her league. Right. Um, so, yeah, I like it. I'm yeah. excited to... I'm I'm excited to see some more Billy Zane. Yeah, he's he will be around, which is good. And, and fav- Heather Graham favorite- is going to show up. Yeah, get ready for it. Wait, who's Grandma? Heather Graham. Oh yeah. Will she show her boobs? Nope. Okay. <laughs> what? She shows her boobs in um that one movie with Mark Wahlberg. Not specific. Boogie Nights. Oh. It's great. I feel like she showed her boobs in like a lot of movies. You I know. think that's a thing that she does a lot of nude scenes. You'd be the one to know. Oh, gross. <laughs> uh, favorite scene. What do you got? Uh, I really liked the Norma and Hank confrontation where Norma goes to ask Hank for the uh, divorce. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. It's there is the weird one liner of like him calling her a whore, which is just that that really ru- I wrote that down in my notes. That really rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, it's I, I've I've never liked that word, not only for the obvious reason, but also because it just seems it always feels forced when someone writes it in there. It seems yeah. like they're they just really want a substitute for a worse word. <laughs> oh, yeah. But like. Yeah, he, well, I mean, the line is, you're his whore. Yeah. Which just, it's... It doesn't really accurately... You could, dis- read it, what? you could read it as, like, he's trying to say anything that can hurt her, and because he doesn't have anything else, that's what he does. Yeah. Um, I actually, in uh, real life, r- recently, I... Uh, my One of my girlfriend's friends, uh, her roommate's boyfriend got super drunk and was like, insulting her and he essentially like, called her a whore like that mm. and like she doesn't like like she doesn't even sleep with like a lot of guys I, it's not even like he was literally just trying to say anything to hurt her yeah and that's like i at first i'm really trying to give this show some credit yeah but I, it's tough to make it stick i think that's um, i think that's like the only way you can read it to make it make sense yeah, but, like, they've shown, like, Hank is, like, a smart guy, kind of. Well, like, a, a street smart guy, at least. A smart Alec. Like, street smart, at least. Yes. Yeah. Um. So, I, I expect, I kind of, if he's going to try to insult her, it's something more s- substantive, you know? Right. Yeah, it, and that's the thing. I'm, I'm not defending that line, because um, it's a weird line, no matter how you take it, but I think the way that you were saying is, like, the best way that you can take it even but yeah it's still not great. and that's a stretch that's a stretch yeah uh, but everything around that is i i really liked it and especially hank's like trying to uh <laughs> barter his way out and like mm-hmm. make a deal for norma's uh norma's testimony for hank's divorce paper I, signing i've come to really like hank i really like the way he approaches everything as like a joking like as like a yeah. joke oh yeah he's totally. like He's trying to like lighten the situation, even if like it's super serious. He's just like, ah. Anyways, yeah. how's it going? Yeah. Hey, by the way, you can do this thing for me, right? Yeah. Like when he's getting, uh, when he's in, uh, I think it was in the episode before, but like he's in the police station being questioned by a coop, and uh, he's just like joking around. He's he's just having fun with it. Here. Yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. Anyways, well, let's go through. 
what scenes we liked, what scenes we didn't, or what stories we care about. Right. Um, Wyndham Earl, hey, he has a cast of his dead wife's face. Yep. Um, that's weird. Because he's crazy. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm invested. Uh, yeah, sure. I care about Wyndham Earl stuff. I, I'm kind of liking Leo just being like this weird, uh, like a familiar, you know, a familiar. Of sorts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I like that stuff. That's cool. Uh, Audrey with Billy Zane and her dad and stuff. I like that too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, um, let's see. Uh, James. And Nadine. Oh, sure. James and Donna. I don't, I don't care about. Yep. Uh, Ed and Nadine with like Norman stuff like that. I don't care about it. I care about it. I care a little bit. I'm happy that they're together now. Yes. Um, but that's about it. Yeah. Uh, stuff with like yeah. Josie and Catherine and stuff like that. Um, and and uh, Eckhart. The Eckharts. And all I don't that. care about that. Do you care about that? Uh, so I, I mentioned this on our first recording. It's I feel like this episode did a good job of trying to make it interesting. So if there was any, if there was ever an episode where I did care about it, I think it would be this episode. And it'll be the last episode that I care about it because now Josie's dead. That's true. So. That's true. I love it. I'm going to say um, I care about it. The Pine Weasel storyline, I love it. Yep. So Ben. Ben and Jerry, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, he's got that big picture of a weasel. Yeah. I love when someone's giving a presentation, they just have like a big picture of something. <laughs> like Tibet. He's, yeah. like, he's got the big picture of Tibet. Mm-hmm. It really proves the point. Yep. Um, oh, what about when Catherine's reading Great Expectations? That was like totally a... What's a good book for Catherine to read? Great Expectations. And then, like, I don't think that they looked at a second one, you know? <laughs> I don't like it when they try to characterize a person based on what one book they they happen to be reading. Oh. I, I, it's kind of lazy. Is reading. that a common thing that happens? I feel like that happens and stuff where someone, a character will be reading a book and it's very, like, in... Like uh, someone's reading The Art of War or something? Y- yeah. Or, like, um... I know this is like lower brow to talk about, but like in the third Harry Potter movie, there's like a lot of there is one time travel thing. Yeah. Um, and so there's like in the movie, they have someone reading a brief history of time. And oh, um, it's just like, I don't know. I just I don't know. No, I, 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 I get you. The, yeah. And like great expectations, obviously, is not about the kid who just like gets all the money uh, from like a really rich, wealthy person. Yeah. I don't know. I I read it a long time ago. Uh, what do we care about? Uh, do we care about Josie right now being inside a doorknob? I kind of care about that. It's, I'm curious. It's certainly unexplained. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's Coop doing anymore? What's he actually doing? He's he's contending with Wyndham Merle. So it's basically Coop and Pete. Yeah. And oh, the Coop sheriff. and Pete. Oh, man. I love that Pete gets... I don't think Pete was really in this episode very much. No. He, he um, starts showing up. Basically, yeah. periodically. Oh, do you know what I like? Uh, what was, I think it was, uh, whose line would this be? But it said, Paper and Pete, I'll do it alphabetically. It, it was Lucy. That was Lucy. That's a good Lucy line. It is a great also, Lucy line. Also, we haven't seen any sign of, uh, Andy. what's his face? Andy? Yep. Um, or uh, Little Nicky. Or Dick Tremaine. You know what? I like Dick Tremaine. I think Dick Tremaine is the only person out of those three that I want to see again. Really? I, I like how cheesy Dick Tremaine is. I I will always welcome more Lucy. Yeah. 
Um, any other storylines that uh, we missed? Uh, let's see. There's Josie and the sheriff. Yeah, that's um, true. That it'll be interesting to see how. Well, he okay, I him. already know how he contends with it, but I think even as a new watcher, I think it's it'll be interesting for you to see how it happens. I'm ex- I'm I'm excited to see about how he her body disappearing yeah. will work. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah. Next week, next week we're gonna have energy. We're gonna have watched the episode <laughs> recently. It's not just us kind of like foggily remembering. Yeah. See, I think you can kind of watch the episode a little bit before, but I feel like if I don't watch the episode like the day before, I'm kind of screwed. This is also like my third or fourth time watching the series, so. You know. Yeah, that's that's also true. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we're gonna end it on that note. Yep. Mike's got to go to Aldi. I'm really excited about it. Great. Um, let's close it up with uh, David Lynch telling us. Um, I guess who his favorite character in Star Wars is. I really like Poe Dameron. Yeah, there you go. All right, bye.